0: you could unlock more cash than you realize from your home's equity with a cash-out refinance today. In the last year, average home values have gone up nearly 20%. And with Rocket Mortgage, you could unlock thousands in less than three weeks. But you've got to act right now before rates go up. So when you're looking to unlock the cash in your home, Rocket can. Call 833-8ROCKET today or go to rocketmortgage.com to get started.
1: Rocket. Rates current as a 12, 12 Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. And consumer access. Not over 3030. Call 800-490-1233 for disclosures and cost information.
0: With great mojo comes great responsibility. Mojo five zero. Mojo five zero. We, we will make 5-0. America we great again.
2: Sam back. Sorbo. And welcome to the Sam Sorbo Show. Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to talk about church activists. Also, Karen Therapy. Have you seen that? Hilarious. And Chinese hackers, and I uh, have a, such a jam-packed show for you today, so stay tuned for all of that. We're going to start with the Chinese hacking story. I'm, I'm bringing on Curtis Ellis uh, because he is um, an expert in these kinds of things. He's a former senior policy advisor to President Trump. He's actually current policy director with America First, which is a, President Trump's only official super PAC. I didn't know that, actually. The only official super PAC?
1: You bet. He's given us the official stamp of approval and he actually does fundraisers for us with us.
2: With, with us. you. That's Are awesome. So Curtis yeah. Ellis, welcome to the program. That was easy. Uh, listen, before we get into all of that, you're at you're kind of at ground zero for COVID. You're in New York. What is life like in New York City? I've, I've seen pictures of empty streets and I used to live in New York. So so I know what New York was like. Uh, it it must be surreal these days.
1: It, it is. It's spookily empty. The streets are empty. Times Square is empty. There are very few cars. You can walk down the middle of avenues and the cars will avoid you. Uh, <laughs> the stores-
2: That's saying something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, right. You don't have to worry about getting hit by a cab. It's, it's very odd. Uh, the, many of the stores are closed. Uh, some of the restaurants are open for takeout. You've got, uh, a very interesting development is the bars have takeout. So the bars will be serving cocktails at the door um and uh that like yeah.
2: used to be illegal wasn't it like you you're not it, allowed to walk totally. around with yeah okay <laughs> just
1: checking <laughs> totally it's like it's like new orleans now it's like bourbon street <laughs> you can have a to-go cup for your cocktail but uh yeah so so it's very odd people are or a lot of people walk around with masks most people i'd say most people are wearing masks when they're outside even though you're not required to not required to the police are handing out masks uh, in the parks and on the corner. And uh, it's, it, it's, it's bizarre. It's, it's definitely weird.
2: Yeah. Okay. There's, so, yeah, well, I just, I'm, I'm, it, it boggles my mind and it's the problem of course is New New York is sort of set apart. I don't know why um, aside from the fact that everybody's really packed closely together in New York, probably uh, certainly more so than any other American city, but but why they have so much that, you know, over half the deaths uh, from covid have happened in New York. So so why are they why are they so dominant in that um, very negative uh, statistic is kind of beyond me. Um, do you have any insight onto that? Not that you're an expert. I
1: suspect, but- yeah, I can only speculate. I can only guess. And I suspect that subways have something to do with it you're putting people on packed trains close to each other a subway system that hasn't been cleaned in a hundred years i mean you you've got strata strata of of deposits that you could you know probably find trilobites and fossils <laughs> embedded in them and, <laughs> and and people are on this uh, 24 hours a day and, and during rush hour they're packed in like sardines so you want to talk about a Place where you can spread disease. Now it's very interesting that uh, interesting uh, is a nice way to put it. It's tragic. Most of the the casualties and deaths are in the lower income areas uh, where people have to ride on the subway longer to get to work in Manhattan, and these are in uh, or neighborhoods where people are crowded together, right. living several to a room. Um, so it's 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 a prescription for contagion. And that's what I suspect has a big part to play because in Manhattan, which is actually the high rises that you uh, associate with New York, we've had the lowest mortality rate and the lowest infection rate. This is the wealthier part of town. And, uh, but this is where there have been fewer cases and, uh, they closed down Broadway and you look at the demographic of people who go to Broadway theaters. It's an upper – you've got to have a lot of money to afford a A ticket. lot uh, of money. Uh, yeah. And so you would think that the people who went to the Broadway theaters, we know this was circulating in January, February, March before they closed everything down. Those – if it's being spread in theaters, well, that would be where it's happening. But right. that's not where it's happening. So,
2: Right. I think uh, um, we, we have a ways to go before we really – uh, generally, let's see, there's so much there's there's so much um, contradiction within even medical uh, community about the the parameters of this virus and, and what it really represents that we, we still have a ways to go to figure this out. I just um, my heart breaks for New Yorkers. Um, my heart breaks for the cabbies. Right. You mentioned that you, you don't have to avoid getting hit by cabs anymore because they're not on the streets. What, what are they like? Like how are these people surviving with this shutdown is, is, um, um, a daunting sort of idea. But that's not what you're here to talk about. You're here to talk about no. Chinese and Iranian hackers that are targeting American universities, our healthcare firms, specifically during the corona pandemic. What is this about?
1: We can't forget for a moment that China caused this pandemic. The Chinese Communist Party covered it up and is directly responsible for the heartbreak, the pain and the death. And we talk about the heartbreak of New York and it's sad. China is the responsible party here. They have been consistently stealing our trade secrets, stealing our intellectual property, hacking into our companies, computers to steal information, and they are now doing that to our medical research facilities, the pharmaceutical companies, the research labs at universities and elsewhere, in order to steal the research going on about vaccines, because the Chinese Communist Party's business model is based on theft. As Ayn Rand said, you cannot compel someone to think. So the Chinese can't have the best thinkers and the best inventors. They must steal the best thinking. And that's what they've been doing. And now they're doing it. This just shows how, how ghoulish the Chinese Communist Party is. They would steal the cure for the disease that they caused. And the same way they hoarded medical equipment, hoarded Epidemic control equipment. Okay, let's they talk would about then the then hoard the vaccine.
2: Talk about the hoarding of the medical equipment. Uh, go into that in a little detail for the rest of us.
1: They knew, the, the, the Chinese Communist Party knew that there was human to human transmission. They knew this as early as December. And, and they, they covered it up. They denied they, it, they, right? They, yeah, they denied it and they told the World Health Organization to deny it. Right. But they knew it. And while they, and so they knew they were, they knew they had a huge problem and it was going to become huger. So what they did is, as as you said, they denied it. They lied. They told the world nothing to worry about here. Uh, if you don't eat bats, you ain't going to get this disease. But at the same time, they sent their agents around the world buying up all of the equipment that is needed to protect yourself against this infection. They had been a net exporter of medical equipment, the way China is an exporter of many things. But during the period of January and February, while they were denying human-to-human transmission existed, they became a net importer of medical equipment, of face masks, gowns, ventilators, everything you would need to control an epidemic, they bought up the world's supply and hoarded it in China. So the world was not only blindsided, it did not know there was this, this, this disease raging that was going to come pretty soon, be in your neighborhood. They then left the world blindsided and defenseless, defenseless by Hoarding the world right. supply protective equipment. I mean, it, that's criminal.
2: Well, and then that's, they turned around, they, they bought masks from France, and then they turned around and offered to sell them back to France at three times the price. Yeah. A- and yeah. then they, they didn't actually consummate that deal. They sold the masks to us at five times the price. Thank you very much.
1: Mm-hmm, and they were selling faulty equipment at that. Isn't that uh, Isn't
2: that akin to, yeah, that's true, too. Isn't that akin to, like, insider trading? Martha Stewart went to prison for that.
1: yeah. Yes. Uh, If you tried that here in America, you'd go to prison.
2: Other people don't. No, that's not true. So some some people don't go to prison for insider trading. In fact, we're discovering um, this is all rumor right now, but we are discovering that there were some inside traders uh, with coronavirus in the in the beginning days. Um, And so we have yet to sort of delve into that. I think we're all pretty distracted by everything else that's going on right now.
1: Yeah, we're going to find that there's a lot of skullduggery going on uh, <laughs> around the world uh, and, and in the halls of Washington. Yeah, uh, that's what you were referring to. Some some members of our the greatest deliberative body on Earth, the U.S. Senate, are. It uh, seems that they were getting some information and uh, not sharing it with every anyone but their stockbroker.
2: Right. And and make and and. Yeah. Taking action based on information that should have that they should have made public, but they waited in order to profit from it uh, uh, before they then shared it or before they. Right. And, and that's
1: a great example of what China did. They they had this information and I suspect and and I'm not the only one. We've got uh, high ranking people in, in the intelligence uh, agencies. What China did was they knew they had a disease that was going to cripple their economy. And they wanted to make sure that the rest of the world got crippled as well. And they were banking on the fact that they would bounce back and their economy would come back online while the rest of the world was still flat on its back. And they would use that advantage, that time gap, to further take over American industry, to flood our markets with goods while our factories were shut down. It was an opportunity for China to export more of its goods, whether it's auto parts, uh, everything else that China makes. That's the gamble that they made. It's like, how do we make a le- how do we make lemonade out of this lemon? We've been dealt this disease. Right. And what do we do? Make sure the rest of the world catches it as well. And then we'll overtake them while they're still recovering. Right. We will be back on our feet and we will crush the world's economy and become number one in the world. Well, that's their plan. That's what they've been doing.
2: Right. And so you have the Belt and Road Initiative where they're they're in a position now to call loans on countries that have been decimated by COVID. But here's there's a twist to all of this. And the twist is that the deaths are not tallying as as a pandemic. The deaths are not tallying properly. And so uh, there are a number of medical personnel now who are saying, hey, it looks like the death rate is not even that of the flu or maybe that of a bad flu or maybe slightly more than that of a bad flu. Um, And so then then we get into a whole territory of was this sort of just a a contrived crisis that that China duped the world into believing Sweden didn't shut down. Now they do have a higher death rate than we do. But they didn't shut down their economy and they're in recovery already.
1: That's right. Yeah, you do have to wonder that. If they if there is look, China does wage information warfare and propaganda warfare. They have control over the messaging that goes on inside China knowing that that's going to affect the world uh, that it's that it's monitored outside, right? So let's control the message inside China with an eye towards how that's going to influence uh, media coverage outside China. So you do have to wonder if they played up the deadliness of the disease inside China in order to scare the world. But what we do know, uh, scare the world into thinking this is worse than it is. And it could well be worse inside China than it would be anywhere else, the same way it's worse in New York City, a densely, Population right. than it is in uh, Grand Forks, you right. know, Missouri or yes, something. Exactly. Uh, and uh, what we do know is this is that the, the death count and the, the way we're coding the deaths and counting the deaths is all over the place. And right. there is a, a serious question about the integrity of the data that we're using to measure this. We just saw Colorado reduce its death count by 25% because they said, well, let's make a difference between died with covid or died from covid right and people don't understand that even the flu count the the death count from the flu these are all computer generated numbers that they assume that it's it's not a hard number of, so here's of,
2: a of, i yeah. just want to speak to that for just a moment because um, i quoted a statistic off of the cdc.gov website And I was basically attacked for quoting that statistic, which basically lists the death count at roughly maybe just above half of what the the so-called reported death count is. And the difference is this. The death count that people are saying in the news is the death count off the CDC website that is not verified. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The one that I was quoting is called the provisional death count. It is a death count according to all of the reports that have come in of actual deaths. Right. Okay. And so you're talking about this. So everybody's going off of this sort of projected death count. Now I understand that it's a projection based on more fact than just um, the models, right? Which the models have Mm -hmm. proven to be completely ineffective. It's so, you know, but it's so confusing for people and they just want a simple answer.
1: Right, And so that's why let's look at how they count flu death, or the numbers that are put on the website, CDC or someplace else, for flu in a normal year. You would think that they went to the morgue, counted the toes and divided by 10. No. What they do is they assume that some people died of the flu and didn't tell anybody. They assume that some of the people that died of a heart attack, It was caused by the flu. They'll assume that some of the people that came to the hospital with the flu and then died of a heart attack was not caused by the flu. So there are a few assumptions built in and they feed all that into the computer and then come up with this number. Right. And so it's not it's not as simple as going to the morgue, counting the toes, and dividing by ten. It's a lot more complicated than that. And so I'm not saying that's wrong thing to do, but just be aware. That these aren't hard numbers we're always dealing with. There's – hey, here's a newsflash. There's uncertainty in life, and it's hard to – and mathematics are not Mm. a certain science always. It's a a, a replica.
2: Statistics aren't a certain science. Careful with math. I'm a math person. I love math. Uh, Statistics (laughs) are not necessarily. And, you know, and by the way, statistics are created by what? Humans. Humans make mistakes. (laughs) Thank you. So so we are struggling with this. And Dr. Burke said that she doesn't even trust the CDC numbers. She thinks that they could be off as much as 25%. And, of course, when Colorado just revises their. And, by the way, revising a death statistic down 25% it makes an enormous difference if you're telling me that we're having two hundred thousand deaths or we're having a hundred and fifty thousand deaths, that's a big deal. That's a big that's problem, right. of course, our problem was we were told two million deaths, and then they said no, maybe two hundred thousand I mean like it's it's crazy the the numbers that they are willing to just bandy about but let's let's go back to the spying okay mm-hmm. trump Trump ran on. Uh, China being a bad guy. Like he ran on that, right?
1: That's right. He ran on China being a bad guy. We've got to become self-reliant again, bring manufacturing back to America. And we've got to secure the border. Those are the three big things he ran on. And that's all proven out by the pandemic. We China caused this. We are now reliant on China's good mercies. To get the face masks and protective equipment we need, that's people were stunned to discover that. You I mean we don't have factories that can just start churning out surgical gowns and face masks and everything we need? And no, drugs. we can't do that. And drugs—that's right—we are now totally dependent on China for drugs. Uh, the basic ingredients that go into making the drugs are made in China, and actually, many of them made in Wuhan. Uh, they talk about the testing now. We're going to test for COVID. We're going to test. Well, we need reagent. The, the, we need chemicals in order to make the test work. Guess where the chemicals are made? In China. So, and now China has put export controls on all of these things, which is just shocking. Uh, when the world needs, what's an export uh, what China control?
2: makes, what do you mean by that? They have
1: they've they they've handed down edicts in China telling the local officials do not approve something to don't sign off on the papers that you have to sign off on in order to put these products on boats to the United States or on airplanes to the United States. You've got to file your forms in triplicate uh, after getting 12 other forms from Producers up and down the line, and provincial and state officials as well, and local officials. And then you've got to send them to the customs officers, and we've got to make, and it's got to be, uh, okay, you know, approved 12 different Controls. ways. That's an export control, right. it's very involved, and it's, and it's de- deliberate, right. It is a deliberate way with, with, they're not saying, oh, we're not allowing this to be exported, but we're going to make sure it takes a really long time and it's really difficult.
2: Is it's it retaliation?
1: Totally. Absolutely. Absolute total retaliation. It's a way to then China can say through their diplomatic agencies they are saying, we're going to be giving you a special break. Aren't we the heroes here? We're going to be giving aid to this country. We're sending a plane load of goods because oh, the private sector can't it's like, buy
2: it. It's like, the, it's like in the movie The Marathon Man, which I barely remember. But the um the bad guy drills du- drills uh, Dustin Hoffman's tooth, and then the offers the him the pain scene. relief.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's says you have the choice. Scene. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I get chills thinking about that. I mean, I'm getting chills right now.
2: But that's 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 basically what. And by the way, communist tactic. It's a communist tactic. So totally. So yesterday, I I um I've been working on a piece that. Uh, that I'm publishing any, any moment. Um, But it's about this idea that we have, we, we are now witnessing communist tactics here in the United States, even from, even from some people in our own government. We're seeing uh, subterfuge. We're seeing spying the whole general Michael Flynn thing uh, was, was communist tactics that don't belong in America. And yet spying on your, your political enemies targeting your political enemies, the Tea Party targeting by the IRS, communist tactic using the the strong arm of the government to force people to behave a certain way or to out them if they don't, to threaten them, to um, to uh, intimidate them. That is a that's a t- communist tactic
1: totally secret police using the secret police to investigate your political opponents that is the communist tactic that is the soviet communist party tactic chinese communist party uh go up and down the line and uh they they used then they threatened him and his family his children with prosecution uh if they ha- they basically beat him with a rubber hose to get him to confess and right. plead guilty to right. something like the soviet show trials we will lock you right. up and torture you until you confess and say you did something wrong right which, and apologize for it which is what the chinese communist party did to the doctors who first reported this disease right they arrested them took them downtown and and god only knows what they did to them to make them sign a confession saying i will not spread rumors about a new pneumonia like disease spreading like wildfire in wuhan and so uh, and, and here's and the funny, you know, the, and the
2: the thing is that as, uh and they did get, I know they got at least one of the doctors to confess publicly that he had done a, a bad thing. And even though he is now vindicated because hello, we have COVID and he was right. Of course it's too late for him. He's done. They, and they did whatever mind meld thing that they do to them. I don't know if you saw it. There was a video on Twitter a couple months ago of a guy sitting in a chair like, like locked in to the chair mm-hmm. and just saying, Yes, no, I was drunk, I don't know what I was thinking I didn't I didn't mean it, uh you know, I and the that video Chinese yeah. interrogators just interrogating the crap out of him, and he and and by the way. I was I was friends with Hang Noor. Hang Noor won the Oscar for the movie The Killing Fields, where he basically played oh himself. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. so he was a Cambodian refugee, and he went through the torture camps of the Khmer Rouge, the communist Khmer Rouge, three times. He's the only person that he knew who had survived three torture camp uh, stays. And uh, to... To read his book is to really enlighten yourself on the tactics of and the evil, the absolute evil of communism. And I've been saying for a long time, I don't understand why we are in business with these people.
1: Totally. I, we should not be in business with them at all. That is my position. Uh, the, we have built up the Chinese Frankenstein monster. They did not raise a million, 100 million people out of poverty in China. We did western capital did. I'm writing a piece right now going back on the huge business uh, business push to open up China so right. that they could then invest american and global businesses could feel safe investing all of their capital and the capital is basically right. the accumulated toil of americans That's right. who for decades worked and built up these companies. And by the way then the safety and,
2: and the safety does not exist. Uh, that was no. a ruse. And the environmental
1: um, does not exist.
2: Right. And the Chinese government is the one that's that's taking all of the American dollars. It's not really going to the population Um, as witnessed by, you know, the story. I think you're I think you tell the story of the the iPhone factories or the Apple factories Mm -hmm. where, you know, the the workers literally committing suicide because they just can't take it anymore. And so they put up safety nets to prevent the suicides. Not to, not to ameliorate the work conditions for the workers. Listen, I have to go, but um, it's great to speak with you. Where, where do you want people to go if they want more information?
1: America First, America first uh, All of my writings are up there, and you can learn more about America First. The Fantastic. only official White House super PAC.
2: America First.
1: What is it? Policies. policies America policies. First
2: Awesome. Thank you, Curtis Ellis, for for coming on. It's great to have you. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Sam.
2: All righty. So, um, mm-hmm. for some reason, my phone isn't working. Okay, there we go. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, we're going to move on and go to... Uh, I'm not going to get to church activists just yet. Have you seen the Karen stuff going on online on Twitter? So now the new thing is these people who um, they they they're so triggered at seeing people who aren't wearing masks. And I guess I don't know who came up with this idea, but they decided to call these people who are so triggered Karen. And in fact, there's like a definition now that's available. Karen, somebody, some insipid. And typically, female person who uh, hates the people who aren't wearing masks and blames them for all of the misery and suffering in the world, basically. And um, Paul Joseph Watson just did a video about it. Uh, it's a pretty long video, actually, but and he just makes fun of them. Um, I've now seen there's there's a new thing where uh, if you you want to have I think it's 21 days. It's a challenge. You go for 21 days without complaining. And the way that you track it is you put a bracelet on. And as long as uh, as long as you let's see, you put the bracelet the bracelet on either wrist. You pick a wrist. You keep it on for 21 days. But when you when you complain, you have to move the bracelet to the other wrist and start over. My problem is I'm just going to forget to track the number of days. So I don't know. And uh, somebody sent this to me and somebody else answered back in a group text and somebody else answered back. Okay, Karen. (laughs) Is that your Karen therapy? (laughs) All right. Now we're going to talk about some therapy for churches uh, because I have Pastor Brian coming on with me. So welcome to the program.
0: Hey, it's an honor to be here with you
2: today. Well, it's lovely to speak with you and um that was like the worst introduction ever because for some reason it didn't ever make it into my notes. So uh, for that I apologize. Um, but you've been you've been very vocal, Pastor Brian, about churches need to get back to the business of churching and churchgoers need to get to back to the business of church going. And I've seen you on Fox and Friends, and I've seen your, your posts and stuff. And I'll be honest with you, my church, so I moved to Tampa, but I used to live in Florida. and in, I'm living in Florida. I used to live in California. And my church in California is doing the same thing. They've set a target date of Pentecost, which is May 31st. Do you have a target date?
0: Uh, yes, ma'am. We, we actually organized a group called peaceablygather.com. And I started calling pastors, clergymen, uh, priests, you name it, from all over the nation to bring their congregations back to the church this last Sunday. Uh, We launched that the Monday before, and I knew it was unrealistic to get several of these guys to come back on. But I felt like somebody had to spearhead a movement. I'm well aware of your friends in California. As a matter of fact, I gave them a shout-out on Fox & Friends yesterday. Let them know that I'm praying for them and we're going to fast for them some this week uh, because I love the stand they're taking. Because this is a moment where our religious liberties are up for grabs. We have a First Amendment that secures the freedom of worship in America. And whenever the Walmarts are open, man, the Costco's are open, people are picking up and setting down vegetables all over grocery stores. Well, how in the world did one hour on Sunday morning become the most dangerous hour in america well i I believe it's religious targeting yeah and uh we better we better speak up while we have a chance to and the chance is now
2: there's a there's a meme on uh twitter that paul joseph watson you heard me mention him before probably um put in this this karen video and there's a a uniformed person on a beach uh pointing and speaking to somebody who's lying on the beach and there's no one else around but you can't go to the beach. That's dangerous. And uh, the meme is, hey, get off the beach. Go to that Walmart over there. <laughs> because yeah, it no, makes, it's... right, it makes no sense. But but more than that, the government has no authority to dictate to the church, period. Full stop.
0: No authority whatsoever. And, uh, you know, when this thing first came out, the the... The kind of kicker is all of us, if this was the Black Plague, we wanted to be responsible, right? Yes. We wanted to help people, and we played ball. It's not that we're wild-eyed crazies. I mean, I took my operation online for eight weeks, but then as we see, the stats were horrendously off, not just kind of off, horrendously off. And uh, the restrictions were lifting on everyone around us, but especially I pastor churches in Kentucky and Texas, Governor Abbott in Texas has been great, called Church Essential. Governor Bashir in Kentucky treated us like we were the epicenter of all things COVID. And uh, he opened up things all around me but kept me shut down. As a matter of fact, wouldn't let us, in a drive through Easter egg capacity, give kids an Easter egg in the name of Jesus, while my people are watching uh, the Starbucks handout lattes, McDonald's shovel-out french fries. Liquor stores serve their patrons. The message was they're all responsible enough, but not the church. And the health department shut that
2: down. Right. The church is is, uh, quote unquote, science deniers. Right. Because the church doesn't admit that there's more than two genders because uh, nowhere in nature does it appear there are more than two genders. (laughs) Except I mean, honestly, in humanity. That's, that's how evolved we are now. We've evolved into more gen okay, so sorry, I just I Yeah, yeah. The whole thing is so absurd. Um but but here's the problem. You did comply initially, and you complied for good reason. We we had no idea of the unknown. We were getting this drastically exaggerated information. We put all of our faith in these experts who frankly, many of them have now been proven to be compromised in their ide- oh. ideologies and in their belief systems. And so you uh, churches complied. Also you had to comply, right? Because you couldn't take on the liability. You couldn't afford the assurance insurance. If you took on the liability, right? So you had well, to comply. If- Those days are gone.
0: Yeah, those days are over, and we complied. And it wasn't just liability; it was hey, we care about people. And uh, if it is something like out of a Stephen King movie, we didn't want to be a part. You know, we did not yeah. want to be a part of pushing that. But then we see that it's not. Now, all of the so-called experts that did uh, have these predictions need to be thoroughly and heavily investigated to see what their allegiances were, what are the kickbacks, what are the benefits. What potential patents will they receive in the future? All of that needs a thorough investigation. <laughs> but as we saw that, that those things weren't uh, happening and we watched all the businesses open up and we couldn't, then we acted. And kind of how I, I got to this place is I said, forget Governor Bashir; He's not telling me what I can and can't do. I'm going to be smart, but I'm going on the parking lot and I'm distributing communion to my people. It was pre-packaged communion. We used all the care gloves, all that stuff. Uh, but we defied the governor's orders and uh, had a parking lot communion service. You could do a you could do a parking lot service at that time in the state of Kentucky, but it had to be fought for in many of the cities because mayors were trying to stop that. But you couldn't pass anything out. And I said, "Hey, I got a First Amendment right. Communion's a holy sacrament. The government's not taking that from me." And, uh, if they need to come get me, they can come get me. I called all the press, said, you want to arrest me? Here I am. And, uh, the press came and did a wonderful, um, they did a, they did a really a wonderful job, uh, covering the story. And, and, and so from there, this kind of took off. And, and since then we've been calling pastors, religious leaders, go to peaceablygather.com. Get your ducks in a row and in an order. Go back to church. Don't let a governor who's called you non-essential shut down the church of the living God. And I believe this, I believe come this next election cycle, many of these governors, they're going to be deemed non-essential.
2: <laughs> I love that. I didn't see that coming. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, they're going to be deemed non Well, the, the governorship might be essential, but uh, yeah, those particular ones, it's... It's, it's because they have a different worldview. And we as Christians have to understand this is a spiritual battle between worldviews. And once you start to see, once you start to see the world in that, then, then you, then you understand you have to go from a position of, okay, so what is that person's worldview? Because then I understand how they view me. And they do not view you. As having any intrinsic value because they do not value life. They only value life in as much as they've been taught to value life. But the problem is that the teaching of valuing life that doesn't result, that doesn't result from a biblical, uh, standard is the teaching of valuing any life that you deem valuable. And there's a difference. And so they deem you actually, you become, uh, the opposite of valuable. Which actually t- it becomes expendable. And so he would prefer if you guys didn't exist. Which is why he shut you down. Yeah, you don't know what to say to that.
0: Bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm traveling. And I cut out for one second. But yeah, uh, you know, I heard what you say about where they esteem life. And uh, whose life matters. And I'll tell you. A real problem with a lot of these governors is the messaging of the church does not line up with their messaging. We stand for life. We stand for godliness. We stand for righteousness. We even calls them a problem.
2: Yeah. You stand for truth. And um, if you're standing for truth uh, and somebody's caught in a lie, they, not, they don't want you around. They don't like you. I think we may have lost the good pastor. Oh, that makes me sad. So I will tell you, yeah, he just dropped off. Um, but he might call back in. Uh he's he's uh from Kentucky, um which is why he's talking about Governor Bashir, uh, Bashir, and uh his name's Brian Gibson and I did such a bad job introducing him. <laughs> but, uh, but I knew who he was. Um and so he has he is spearheaded, he's been joined by uh more than 50 other churches Um, across various states, and I would encourage church leaders, you know what, here's the problem, folks. The church has kind of laid down. They've kind of um, sort of taken a a little bit of a relaxed approach, so to speak. And I think that 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 comes from, frankly, what we've experienced in school, okay? Because it always goes back to education with me we were taught to behave we were taught raise your hand wait till you're called on don't challenge the teacher at least not too much uh you you were allowed to challenge the teacher within the parameters of questions that the teacher could answer basically that was it was a, an unwritten rule and yeah there were the people who who bucked the trends and stuff but for the most part by and large we have been taught to behave and that's why Now that we're in this crisis, we're not asking the the really important questions. We're asking, what should we do? And there's a difference, right? And the people in charge, well, they're more than happy to tell us what to do. Even if they don't know. And you're going, well, how could they not know? Well, how can they know if they aren't steeped in the truth? So... This guy, Pastor Brian, had his whole crew out there and they were going to do a drive by, ha- have an Easter egg filled with uh, candy for the kids because that's just fun. It's it, they they thought, well, what's the what can we do? What what can we do? Well, we'll do at least this this little thing for kids just to just to and, and kids are suffering during this time of Of First of all, unrest, but also being locked at home, basically, not being able to see their friends Um, was difficult, especially kids who enjoy going to school and having all of that social time. So. They were going to pass out Easter eggs filled with candy. And they had prepared them. With gloves on and in sanitary conditions and the governor shut them down and at the same time he's looking across the parking lot at the fast food places handing out french fries liquor stores serving patrons you can go into a liquor store and buy whatever you want and i don't even know if the guys in the liquor stores are wearing gloves i have i, I don't get out much <laughs> But no church people, you're you're ascientific, so you're not allowed. So my pastor has now gone on record, together with uh Pastor Jack Hibbs and they've formed a coalition out on the uh West Coast, I guess, or maybe it's Calvary Chapels, or I'm not sure, but they're urging pastors to do the same thing that Pastor Brian is. Peaceably gather. And uh is interesting because there was a sermon that he gave and a lot of the church goers just showed up to sit in their cars in the parking lot and they're, they're broadcasting on FM and he's in giving the sermon and they're outside and our church, the, the way that it was situated, it was an old YMCA. So uh, it was, and it's the, the, the old pool of the YMCA And so it's full of windows and light and you can see out onto the parking lot and you can, you know, it's just a, maybe it's double pane glass, but you can still hear enough. And so he's been struggling because he's giving sermons to a camera and he's a guy who kind of feeds off the energy of the uh, audience. So that's been tough for him. But now he's giving his sermons. They're sitting in the parking lot and when he says something that's particularly um, whatever, uh, they honk. And it helps him. Trust me, very helpful uh, in front of a live audience. I know the difference also because I'm in my studio talking to myself. I'm talking to you, but you're not here and I can't hear you. That's why I encourage you, go to samsorbo.com, email me. Go to Twitter, follow me. Let's have this conversation. Let's have a back and forth. because, Because... I think, I've, I think I've gone into this before, but I'll go into it now. Wealth is created in the exchange. It is the exchange that creates wealth. Wealth is a spiritual thing. And in fact, I can prove that because you can be tremendously happy with very little, or you can be very sad and own half of New York City. Well, that's a bad example. And own, uh, you know, three yachts and an airplane. Wealth is spiritual. We, we define the word wealth as, well, if you, um, if you own a lot of stuff, then you're wealthy, right? but that's not it's not quite that because wealth is spiritual in fact i think it was robert kiyosaki the uh, the author of rich dad poor dad who said wealth should be defined by how many days off from work can you take without without uh, a loss of prosperity say and if you if you can take off like a bunch of time from work and not have to work, then, then that's a good definition for wealth. So, so when we understand that wealth is a spiritual thing and that it's created in the exchange, that the exchange itself is what creates wealth, when you take that to a purely f- spiritual realm, it's in the exchange of ideas that we create a wealth of knowledge. And so it's important to be exchanging ideas. I love this. Scott Adams uh, just tweeted, I'm seeing strong signals in the zeitgeist. Zeitgeist is a German word. It means spirit of the times, in case you didn't know. The 2021 will be the biggest wave of entrepreneurial energy in the history of civilization. So there's that. Well, this COVID is a massive disruptor. A massive shift we are shifting right now. and um, it's it's been actually a major shift for me personally, but the way that I the way that I think about life in uh, life in general, I guess. God Saad tweeted. There are 873 genders. That's science. Lockdown until 2043. That's science. Women with nine-inch private parts. That's science. Climate change will cause the end of the world by this Wednesday. Science. No evolved sex differences. Science. Don't be science deniers, bigots. (laughs) I just love that. Very clever. So we are in trying times, but that doesn't mean that we have to uh, that we have to succumb. I like that that, that, that was an interesting uh, idea to to wear a bracelet to stop complaining. And part of the part of the uh, what's the word defense for that is your thoughts create something so so you know john john says john one says first there was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and he's referring to genesis where god spoke and the waters parted and god spoke and created light and so the idea behind this bracelet of giving up complaining Um, is is the idea that your complaints actually create misery. Which is an interesting sort of offshoot of what I I was just talking about. So it's not the thoughts that count. Uh, The idea is similar to supply and demand. If your thoughts are the supply... Your mouth and your words are, in a sense, the consumer of the supply. So if you don't buy the thoughts by giving them voice, then the thoughts will stop being produced because if there's no demand, the supply will diminish. And the idea is that you can sort of break that habit in 21 days. It's an interesting concept. I, I tend to believe it because I believe that our words create... Things. Circumstances. So give it some thought. If you complain a lot, when uh, when Kevin was really ill with his strokes, we didn't tell anybody. Now, part of the reason that we didn't tell anybody, I mean, obviously Universal knew, but they wanted to keep it quiet too, because they didn't want people to know that the world's strongest man you know, number one show in the world, folks, uh, that, he, that he was actually vulnerable, right? So it didn't fit the narrative, so uh, so they kept it quiet. But we kept it quiet also. We didn't even tell good friends. It was hushed up in the media, and we hushed it up as well. When, when a friend would ask, we'd be like, well, I suppose we had some very good friends who knew, right? but but by and large when when people would ask it was like yeah yeah but he got through it it's done now that kind of thing yeah it was scary for a bit there but it's okay and meanwhile he was trying very hard he he was in agony really for three for almost 3 years uh he had a very very rough road part of the reason that we kept it quiet was i didn't It was basically, I I guess, I guess it was my choice because I was kind of driving the ship at that point. Um, I didn't want it to take hold of him. And in fact, it's funny because um, I think it's Nietzsche says, you don't have ideas, ideas have you, which is an interesting way to think about it. I think we're going through that right now with COVID. You don't have the idea that wearing a mask is good. That idea has you. Or the, or the reverse. So if the idea has you and you give it, you speak it, then you give it power. And I guess that that means don't give negative thoughts any more power than they already have. So the idea isn't, uh, you know, if your soup's cold and it's supposed to be hot, you don't complain to the waitress. That's not what this is about. The idea is that when you're having a negative thought of, a thought of worry, or a thought of of um, why why isn't uh, why aren't you doing blah 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 and complaining about somebody's behavior? Maybe, maybe you look at your own behavior instead, or maybe you substitute it with a positive thought. I don't know. I can't I I I won't do it. First of all, I don't complain a lot because I understand uh I just I'm not that interested in that. And that doesn't mean that when things aren't when things are wrong that you don't actually do something about them. But the idea is that just complaining makes them more wrong. It just upsets you more in a sense, right? So do something rather than complain. There's an Oregon business owner She opened in defiance of uh, Governor Kate Brown's lockdown order in Oregon, obviously. She said now Child Protective Services has showed up to her house and questioned her children. Her name, strangely enough, is Lindsey Graham. She's the owner of Glamour Salon in Salem. Earlier this month, she she vowed to stay open despite any of the possible consequences She said, I'm risking going to jail to do it. That's how important it is to my family. I'm deciding that it's more important for me to feed my family and pay the bills that are going to be that are going to keep our home and our family alive than take the risk to remain being shut down for an undisclosed amount of time. See, people aren't talking about the risk of the recession. See, we're not just mitigating a risk. We're taking on further risk to mitigate a risk. And then you have to go, okay, what are the risks? Both for and against, both sides. By the way, she was fined last week $14,000. And then she says that uh, Child Protective Services showed up at her house questioning her husband and herself and questioning... Uh, a child without her present and that they searched her home. She said, I've never expected such a violent, aggressive, vindictive thing could have ever been done to me or my family. But this is what you get when you have people who are ideologues serving in government. And because through our education system, we have raised a bunch of ideologues who believe what they believe. Period. That's the end of the story. So, so if if everybody in the government believes that you should wear a mask, even though it's unconstitutional to uh, to mandate that you wear a mask, for instance, if everyone in the government doesn't like churches because none of them are Christian. Do they care if they break the law? (laughs) That goes back to the Judeo-Christian ethic. Can you instill in somebody the Judeo-Christian ethic of law-abiding and um, law-honoring without the Bible? and we've gotten away with it for quite a while, but I don't know. If you're teaching the opposite of that, if you're teaching survival of the fittest, life is, a, is a, basically an accident, then what good are laws? On both sides, frankly. So, all right. She's still vowing to stay open as long as she can. She says she's worked 15 years she doesn't want the governor to just take, take her entire career out from under her. I have to say, I support her. Why don't we have a free society where people can go in? They can go to the salon if they want to. If you don't want to go to the salon, don't go. Just a thought. This is the Sam Sorbo Show. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Please help me spread the word. Go download my podcast. Tell your friends mojo50.com. Now go, have a great rest of your day.
0: You could unlock more cash than you realize from your home's equity with a cash out refinance today. In the last year, average home values have gone up nearly 20%. And with Rocket Mortgage, you can unlock thousands in less than three weeks. But you've got to act right now before rates go up. So when you're looking to unlock the cash in your home, Rocket can. Call 8338-ROCKET today or go to rocketmortgage.com to get started.
1: Rocket. Rates current as a 12-12-21. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing, lender, license in all 50 states. Anomalous consumer access. Not over 3030. Call 800 1233 for disclosures and cost information.